0: Welcome to Animal Wise, the podcast that adds a little animal wisdom to your world. I'm Lauren McCall, podcaster, author, teacher, and founder of the Lauren McCall Animal Communication Academy.
1: And I am Bertha Eddington, also a podcaster, digital marketing professional, dog lover, cat lover, plant lover, (laughs) people lover, earth lover, and lots more than that. And uh, we're all delighted to be here with you. We're well into season two at this point, and time is really flying by. Um, So far, this season alone, we have heard from at least eight different species of animals. I'm very impressed by us.
0: Yes, yes, it is impressive, I think. And, you know, we are working to gather as much perspective and wisdom from the animals around the world as possible. And today we
1: are adding another species to the list, and that is horses. We actually had a request from one of our listeners to feature horses in one of our episodes, and we are happy to oblige. If any of you out there who are listening would like us to feature um, a conversation or behavior discussions with uh, different types of animals, we'd love to hear about it. And We're always open to whatever your comments are. So today, Lauren, though, what aspect of horses are we talking about?
0: Well, I've never had the privilege of having a horse myself, but I do have a lot of friends and clients who do have horses. And today we're going to be talking about horses who are connected to people, not wild horses. And because of their size, safety Hmm. around horses and attention to their behavior is extremely Mm -hmm. important. Mm-hmm.
1: yeah i uh I know that, and the thing is, I know when I was taking riding lessons many years ago, the horse knew it was bigger than me as well, and I was very apprehensive um and henceforth uh, I don't think I would be now, but I was at that time, and these were very gentle horses and this horse at one point had decided he had enough of me and got to a sandy area and just gently laid down and had me roll off his yeah. back and, <laughs> and took off back to the stables. And uh, yeah, he knew I, he, he picked up on my nerves for sure. <laughs>
0: Yeah. Well, at least it was graceful. I've I've been uh, yeah I've come off of horses and uh, it was it was quite painful and I sure don't bounce the way I used to. <laughs> um, but I, I bet he did pick up on your nerves and your thoughts. Um, but people do have a tendency to label horse behavior pretty quickly. She's stubborn, or he's disrespectful, or she just doesn't want to do it. Get in the trailer, pick up his foot, and so on. And the truth is that horses, like any other species for that matter, don't lay awake at night trying to figure out how to make you crazy. It isn't that horses like people don't have personality characteristics or quirks, but sometimes their behaviors, like ours, bear closer scrutiny. In other words, why are they doing what they are doing? And you may have heard me say before that animals do behavior for a reason. What mm-hmm. they do makes sense to them. We just need mutual understanding. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes
1: sense. So what kind of behaviors are we talking about?
0: Well, sometimes horses can be fearful of new things or things in their environment. They may be in pain, or perhaps doing certain things causes them pain, um, like someone getting on their back, or being asked to jump, or pick up a hoof. Or they may not really understand what is being asked of them. Um, you know, lots of people, by the way, talk about horses being broken, that is, trained to be ridden. And the origin of the word broken in this case is rather unfortunate. It implied that the training was done using force, that it was breaking the horse's spirit. Now, um... That was sort of in ye olde days, and I am not at all saying that everyone who uses the term broken nowadays is using forceful techniques. Not at all. The vast majority of horse people um, use the term broken, and it does not come with the intent to break their spirit. However, there are still today a lot of horses who are trained by physical or emotional coercion, which has the effect of taking away their freedom to make choices.
1: Mm -hmm. which is which is true for people as well and you know i i I believe that words have power and i i'm Mm -hmm. sure that people do not mean to literally break a horse but it's still a really uh not a pleasant term to use i mean if we're trying to break a person Mm -hmm. um it's clearly negative so i Mm i that's really something to think about
0: yeah, well, and some people train dogs and other species using force too. And this idea of causing pain or the threat of pain or subjugating an animal's will to your own can leave emotional as well as physical scars. Like people who suffer from mental or emotional abuse or bullying, the scars contribute to emotional issues and often physical tension and soreness. So today, We wanted to share some insight into how horses might have residual physical or emotional stress as a result of past memories, events, or even human expectations. And our first contributor on the subject is a horse named Casper, although deceased now. (laughs) Sorry, so he's Casper the ghost? (laughs) That's right. Mm -hmm. I spoke with him when he was alive on behalf of his person in South Africa. Now, there is a methodology mentioned in this conversation, which is the Tellington T-Touch for horses. It's a special way to work with, care for, and train all different types of animals. And full disclosure, I am a Tellington T-Touch instructor for companion animals, and you can find more information at teatouch.com, which is T-T-O-U-C-H. So I started with Casper, and I said, I understand that you're very wary of humans, and generally life seems to be hugely stressful for you. But we would like to help you overcome that. Doing that kind of work we were doing, which was the tea touch for horses, that I did with you before, how do you feel about that? Casper said, I feel okay about that. I said, Wonderful. So maybe then you could come live with us or go to a farm. At the farm, you could live in some nice fields, but right now we just want to explore options with you. Casper replied, I see. So if I lived in fields, I could just be there and not interact with so many people? I said, well, more or less, I think you'll always have some interaction with people. Do you dislike us that much? Casper replied, No, it's the expectation that people have of me that is so hard. I said, please explain. Casper replied, because I'm so beautiful, people have always looked at and admired me. It's as though they look at me and have grand plans for what they want from me. I can see it in their eyes. I said, okay, please go on. Casper continued, well, what they wanted from me and what I wanted were not always the same. I never wanted to be under pressure or be in the spotlight. I just wanted to be a basic horse. I said, well, how did you get so nervous of things, people, noises, everything? Casper replied, when I wasn't what people thought I was, they would try to make me be different. I said, through training, you mean? Casper said, yes, sometimes violence. I said, oh, I'm so sorry. Well, if you came to live with us, our expectations would be um, that you could help us with routine things like cleaning and trimming your feet, and that you would allow us to do that without kicking. Do you think you'd be able to do that? Because we want you to be happier. And I do think you remember the T-Touch work that we did. Casper said, yes, I do. That was fun. I said, well, if you came to us, we could try this for a period of time and then re-evaluate where we are. Casper replied, oh, I wish I'd been given choices and options years ago. I might be different. I said, I see. Well, I think that you can still be different. And perhaps the biggest choice, this is the biggest choice of your life. Think about what you want out of life. Casper said, to be happy and be a regular horse. I said, what exactly do you mean by a regular horse? Casper said, have horse friends, and I guess a person who really loves and cares for me. I said, do you want to be ridden? Casper said, not right now. I have a sore back sometimes. Mm. I said, yes, I feel that, and I think T-Touch could help you with that. Casper said, yes, I bet. For my part, I will try to cooperate, but many of the reactions in my body are in my body, not just in my mind. I will try to change, but you must be patient. I have been afraid for a long time. So that's an interesting conversation. And by the way, I just want to highlight that soreness in an animal's body is as common a side effect of stress and tension as it is for people. Yeah, Yeah. and and we,
1: Western medicine is finally realizing that stress causes grave illness Mm -hmm. to the body. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think that's one of the reasons people are embracing mindfulness and meditation more Mm -hmm. and more these days as a way to relieve the stress that we know makes physical injuries.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And we know that physical, mental, and emotional wellness are all connected. So, my next example is pretty interesting. This horse, Jeannie, lives in rural Canada. And she was so plagued with memories that they impacted her behavior in very significant ways. She was dangerous to ride and inclined to spin or rear to get people off of her back or keep them from mounting her. Mm. Now, I'm speaking on behalf of Jeannie's person who wanted to try to get to the bottom of her emotional issues and, of course, the resulting scary behavior. So we're coming into this conversation uh, partway through. And Jeannie is going to begin by saying, I have these issues or memories or echoes of memories that buzz around me like flies. It seems All of the good experience I have had in the past are swarmed by these emotional flies. I said, how can you help me understand how these flies or memories influence your behavior now? Could you give me an example? Jeannie said, safety is a big issue. That covers people on top of me, riding out certain new things, sounds, odd movements around me. It's ridiculous. In my head, I can reason all of this away. Sometimes I find myself reacting, like a memory fly bites me, like if, like about being ridden, and that it's like a bad experience. Sometimes I just have these things around me, and they annoy me, like real flies would, and I become short-tempered. I said, that must be awful for you. I'm so sorry. Do these flies impact your physical well-being? Your heart or other parts of your body? Jeannie said, sure. It's hard not to internalize things like this. I'm not a bundle of nerves, but I sure have my moments. I said, and you have places that seem a bit sensitive to touch sometimes. She said, yes, pockets, wells of emotion, I said, well, you sometimes seem to be a bit emotional, for example. Is there a reason you're sometimes violent in the stall, throwing yourself against the walls? Are you unhappy indoors? Jeanie said, this is scary. In my head, I don't mind being indoors. But, well, I sometimes feel like if I'm trapped inside, I'm trapped with all of these memory flies. I said, how extraordinary. I want very much to help you. Is this why you toss your head too? Jeanie said yes. And I get tension sometimes in my neck. I move it around. Please try to understand or imagine that to me, it's like having a swarm of real flies around me. Mm. I said, I see, I'm sorry. How do you feel that I can help you? She said, I need help to clear this stuff away from me. Again, in my head, it's not a problem. But then, you see, having someone on my back can bring a swarm of unhappy memories. I just kind of go nuts. And until this is resolved, I try to keep you all off of me so no one gets hurt. I said, oh, I see. Thank you for explaining that. I said, you seem to be more comfortable with other horses nearby, is that so? She said, yes, it's like having a friend or friends around. They can help. Talk to me. I feel safer. When I'm alone, I feel more vulnerable. I said, all right, I see. So I shouldn't try to ride you right now? Jeannie said, no, I wouldn't if I were you. I said, thank you, Jeannie. I love you, and we will do our very best to help you. Let me think about it and see what I can do. Jeannie said, I love you, too. Thank you for helping me.
1: What what a sad story, and you know it it brings to mind the question of can animals have mental illness? I, I certainly believe a, a lot of the problem in our societies are caused by mental illness and and unrecognized mental illness and a stigma towards it, which it shouldn't be. But but it makes me wonder if um, that's what that she was experiencing as well.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and animals can certainly have mental illness, as people do. Um, But you'll be happy to hear that with uh, T-Touch animal communication and a lot of patience and understanding, Genie improved a great deal. Mm. You know, we can seemingly work miracles when the underlying causes of common health and behavior issues are understood and can then effectively be addressed. But patience and mutual understanding are the key components for that. As Abraham Lincoln said, "Violence begins where knowledge ends." Hmm. How very,
1: very, very wise. Well, th- what a great conversation today! And and before we uh, go away, I just wanted to mention that we are in our home studios and. I heard a helicopter go over at one point, so um, mm-hmm. These, mm-hmm. These, we're, not, we're not in our professional sound studio, but I hope it didn't distract too much from you, and we appreciate you very much for listening to Animal Wise, and we'd love for you to subscribe to us on your favorite podcast platforms from Apple, to google and spotify and more and uh, remember to tell all your friends family and any animal loving strangers about us and we will talk to you next week
0: bye everyone thank you